it's wonderful to be able to continue to meet on these Tuesdays and have such a wide array of Sangha members from so many different places join us. Some of you know who come on to the call or to the webinar early that about 25 after the hour, uh, Jessica or Kim, who's ever moderating, will, will open, the, open the door basically to the Zindo so you can come in. And that's a nice period of sitting. If you'd like to come in just a few minutes earlier and sit in silence, uh, we'll do our formal sitting now for another five minutes. But it's, um, it's a good way to begin. So let's begin our, our sitting. Our Zen ancestors teach us the, the basic attitude or orientation in Zazen, in our sitting. Aside from the physicality, the upright stillness, that attitude is one of an expression or a ceremonial honoring of our nature, our essential nature as Buddha, our essential quality of wakefulness, which infuses us with life. Whatever our particular state of mind or heart, the condition of our body, it's truth manifesting, even if it's not our preference. So we offer ourselves to the moment. But I think this, today I would like for you also to consider what it means to offer ourselves to this moment. What does it mean to offer yourself in upright stillness with an appreciation of your essential nature in the midst of whatever's going on in your life and all the things that are going on in our world. To turn toward 
the difficulties with health and illness to turn toward the difficulties with race and culture, to turn toward the difficulties of, of politics and division, to turn toward the struggles of our planet, not to overwhelm ourselves with difficulty or somehow in a masochistic way, rub our noses in things that are difficult, not at all, but simply to turn toward rather than turn away. to offer ourselves with the intention of, may I be of service here, may I be of some good, even if you don't know what it is. A simple, quiet, bearing witness and offering without jumping to conclusions or leaping into strategies to do something, but fully and wholeheartedly being with the moment. This is our zazen. We'll ring the bell in just a moment to signal the end of our, our sitting. And each of you, you and I will recite the verse of the robe together, which is in some ways a verbal expression of the attitude that I just described or reminded you of. Listen to the words as you hear me say them and as you say them together. It's important to say them out loud to really hear this orientation and this offering and this celebration that it invites. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction, wearing the universal teaching. I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, 
a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. So welcome once again. I automatically want to say it's good to see you, although I can't see people other than their names, which is which is lovely. <clears throat> there is something that you can access online if you would like. This is the hard copy version of the chant book um, with the, uh, the various uh, chants and verses that we developed at Appamata. It's actually, you can get it as a PDF online through the Appamata website. Uh, so please um, uh, go and, and take a look. You can, um, you can order a, a bound copy and um, it has you know, the verse of the robe and everything that we chant. Um, and I, I show it to you because I'd like to also speak about um, another verse that we use in the beginning of our services at Appamata, but also at almost any uh, Zen uh, temple or Zendo. If you're doing a bit of liturgy or service following uh, usually morning zazen, uh, there's some usually chants that are done. Each um, center and each teacher offers different things, but there are some commonalities. And curiously, the first thing that's done when you come out of the silence of the morning and begin um, a service, aside from an offering of incense and some bows, a way to open the space uh, for the liturgy, the first thing that is chanted, uh, we call confession or repentance, or confession and repentance. They're a bit different. The um, translation that we use at Appamada, uh, and around the different sanghas, there's a few small deviations, but primarily it goes like this. All my ancient twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. All my ancient tangled karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. The first time I, I heard this and asked my teacher about it, its meaning, she said, well, this is what we do. We've been sitting and then we stand up for service and what we're saying is, I'm gonna stand up in the middle of my life and admit who I am. 
it's very unlike the kinds of uh, communications that uh, I was invited uh, to, to both listen to and receive as a young boy in the Baptist church in which um, the, the message was really there was something wrong with you, something bad that needed to be redeemed or forgiven and uh, that you had to make some request for that and do something to earn or receive it. But in this case, it's, it's quite different. There's um, the intention is different and the communication is different. To fully avow, to fully admit, to be willing to look yourself and to be seen is the essence of this sort of confession. This is who I am and repentance. I offer myself to this practice. All my ancient twisted karma, everything that has gone into creating this one and you and, and everything else. It, it's quite a, an amazing and difficult and sometimes incomprehensible tangle that brings together any, any moment, any person, any interaction, and certainly the difficulties that we see right now in our culture from beginningless, beginningless, greed, hate, and delusion. It didn't begin with you. This isn't about your particular greed, your particular hate or delusion. Of course it is, but it's beginningless. It's not your fault. This is what comes with being a human. We grasp at things that we want desperately and cling to them, even if it's painful. We push away things that we don't want to see, that we can't tolerate, that we're terrified of. And we're deluded and confused and even don't pay attention to many things which are worthy of our attention and wisdom and clarity. All my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion. And then the next line, born through body, speech, and mind. I've always thought of that line in two different ways. Born, brought into the world through my body through my speech, with my mind. That's how all of this karma and the three poisons, greed, hate, and delusion come into the world as they were birthed through this. Another way I think about it is born as in carried. Because we know that so much of our conditioning is carried in our body, it's embodied. So our greed, hate, and delusion, all of our legacy burdens that we carry are born or carried in our body, in our speech, and in our mind. And so the last line, I now fully avow, I now admit, I make confession, I say, yes, this, this is who I am. Because without turning toward and seeing deeply what's here, um, there's no way to start in practice. It's still grasping for something out there, looking for a model, uh, of some better place or a better person without starting here. And then in a uh, remarkably uh, brilliant innovation, as Peg and I began to uh, try to open the relational part of our practice uh, deeper, which is always part of Zen practice, but in Buddhism, often there's this sense of turning inward and doing private or individual work. Uh, and then coming out and doing good works, but really the entire, entire practice, the entire endeavor is relational. 
And so Peg said, what, what if we, in our three chants, because we tend to repeat things three times, help them deepen in us, if we chant the first time, just like we've chanted it today, all my ancient twisted karma, and the second time, all our ancient twisted karma, we now fully avow. Imagine throngs of people filling the streets, filling that immense space in our nation's capital, in the United States. I know some of you are in other countries right now. Those tens of thousands of people standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial, chanting all our ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born to these bodies, our speech and our mind, we now fully avow. We admit it. This is who we are as a country. This is who we are as a people. Imagine the potency of that. In some ways, what's happening now, it makes it to where whenever I chant this in the beginning of every service, I, I won't feel it exactly the same. The third way, first, all my twisted, my personal responsibility. Second, our relational and communal responsibility. All our, we avow. Third, all the ancient twisted karma. All the karma born through body, speech, and mind. All being, not all beings, but all being. All being now fully avowed. So this three-part confession is the enactment of repentance. And we can think of it now contextually as this tangle of our twisted history, the pain, the unresolved karma built on centuries. In this particular case in the United States uh, from slavery and even before. But those of you in the UK, we have our own tangled and twisted karma with you, where we came from and revolted against. And it, it, it goes on and on and on. This kind of pain is replete throughout history, not just our history. It's beginningless. And it is born in our bodies now. We carry it in our bodies, but it keeps being born and born and killed and born again and again and again as these legacy burdens, which get played out in horrific ways. So our confession is the admission and the clear seeing. Our repentance is the request for forgiveness. There is a, a process a healing process here in Hawaii, which many of you know, Ho'oponopono, um, which is about making things or putting things right for um, repentance, for confession, and for 
putting things in the right place again. The literal translation of ho in the beginning is uh, to, um, in an active sense, while the noun uh, pono is defined, it has a lot of definitions, but basically a goodness, uprightness, morality, uh, kind of correct procedures, uh, being upright, just, virtuous, fair, these, these qualities. So, ponopono and ho'oponopono, the double usage of this word um, becomes to set or put right in order to shape or correct or revise and adjust. Um, sometimes they say to amend or regulate and make more successful by putting things in a perfect order. So it's correct the way it should be, uh, what's necessary. And ponopono, <clears throat> it's a, it also means like tidying up. So ponopono means two times, like doubly put right. So in, all in all, the, the very simple use of the, the verb creator, to, ho, and the double usage of ponopono, we get ho, ponopono, which means to make right two times or twice, twice right, to clean up any unpleasantness within our relationships and our life in totality. It's quite, quite large. So I, I'm not Hawaiian and I'm not an expert on this, but I, I thought it was worth bringing forward because it's um, a kind of a cultural uh, at, attempt to do exactly the same thing that our chant offers us. And we can see it in this broad context. In the traditional version of the Ho'oponopono, there are four main phrases that are used. It's like a little structure to the practice. And it, it's much more than this, but here's the structure. These are the four phrases. If you're to meet someone with whom you want to put something right, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. I'm grateful. So once again, let's imagine the streets full of people. And there are many things that need to be done and expressed. There needs to be places for uh, the anger, the difficulty, the frustration. So I'm not suggesting that this is the only way, but Im just imagine what it's like though. If the people in the streets turn to each other, not as towards an enemy, but turn to each other. And everyone in unison said, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you, I hold you in my heart. Thank you, I'm very grateful. Even a more outlandish and outrageous situation. Imagine the members of each country is different in the United States. 
the legislative bodies, the House of Representatives, the Senate met. Whenever there was something important to, to come to some agreement on, this sort of reaching across the aisle, not just with parties, but also with these two chambers, and everyone started with just saying, I'm sorry, and all that goes after that. Please forgive me as I attempt to represent my constituents. I care about you. I have love for this country, for what we're doing, and I'm so grateful. Thank you for this opportunity. And then you go vote. It's an outrageous idea. But if confession and repentance were part of things, might, it might make a difference. I have to work on my own practice, my, all my ancient twisted karma. We can only practice really together, ultimately. All our ancient twisted karma that we're facing now in a different way. We now fully avow, and all of the ancient twisted karma throughout space and time, we avow. This is it's not like taking on all the pain of all the centuries and all the people. It's saying all the people and all of the centuries throughout space and time have experienced dukkha, have experienced pain, have been greedy in certain ways and made mistakes, have been hateful or rejecting in certain ways and have caused pain and have been deluded in certain ways and have caused themselves and other people pain. This is our nature. This is what it's like to be a human being. But we have choice about how we can meet it and how we can work with it and what we can do. And that's our practice. We'll practice in our own hearts and minds and bodies. We'll practice together with this shared body of relationality and care. And we'll practice with the body of the earth and everyone around us. And can we turn towards even parts of ourselves and say the four phrases, I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you, I'm grateful. And we say it to our loved ones and our family, I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you, I'm grateful. Can we say it to all those with whom we have unfinished business? I received a a message this morning, several messages, um, actually even before I was awake, messages began to arrive. And then once I was awake early, um, an image my sister sent me, is she and my mother and uh, some very good family friends uh, took uh, portions of my father's ashes to a place he had specifically requested that some of his ashes be placed underneath a tree right outside of a small chapel in the hill country in Texas, in which he'd had a particularly profound spiritual experience, sitting in that chapel, praying, looking out the window, seeing a broken branch, a broken limb on a tree, and realizing his own brokenness, and knowing that it could be made right. It could be made pono. Admitting his twisted and tangled karma, realizing how he had gone off in some way, the way he described it to me when he was alive, that he carried it for years, 
And then he could say, uh, yeah, that's right. That's who I was. That's what I did. That's how, and now I'm here. And it's time to move forward. Saying, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I love you and I'm grateful. And I'm thinking of those little Ziploc bags which carry my father's body spread on the ground as they're open as a, as a gesture, as a ceremony of, of returning. And I would be saying for all those ways in which I failed that relationship, even with the goodness and love and the best that we had, and all the ways that I might have felt failed by the relationship at times, especially when I was younger, when it was more difficult. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I do love you. I'm so grateful. So this is possible. And it's uh, required in a way. If we're to practice deeply, and um, move in accord with the vows that we have as uh, bodhisattvas to, to free all beings and to clear up all delusion, to walk through every Dharma gate in such a way that we can embody the way of the Buddha. So this would be a good time now for us to, uh, to meet and to speak about these things, to offer ourselves to each other in this way, to, um, ask your questions, or maybe it's not a question, please raise your hands and Jessica will help you uh, come forward. And I look forward to uh, connecting with you as we uh, meet our, our karma that we're avowing. I know these are powerful kinds of uh, ideas and teachings. It may cause people to um, be hesitant to dive in. Ah, that's Rosemary. Are you still muted, looks like. Whoops, you did it twice. One more. You unmuted and then, there you go. There we go. Got it. Hi, hi, good hi. morning, good afternoon. Um, yeah. So um, this was very interesting, Flint, um, because in light of the um, what's happening in the country with um, the protests against uh, racism, you know, the idea that um, 
while one I could consider myself not not a racist, but the idea that we're all part of it, it, it really fits with what you were saying, you know, I am sorry. And I, you know, you can't be alive and not be part of it, no matter what color you are, mm -hmm. in some way. And um, yeah. Well, the, the, the chant that what's going on right now, for me as a white male, is helping me understand something I didn't understand before. I don't think of myself as overtly racist, but yet it's born through body, speech, and mind. But it also is helping me understand the practice of confession and repentance in my own practice that I've been doing in a very different way. You know, it's helping me understand it more deeply. It's like, oh, this is what it's talking about not some spiritual idea. This is how it's lived. That makes a big difference for a lot of people for a long time. Yeah, I, I really, it's very, very helpful. And I, I work with couples, with couples a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, this is, this is a very interesting um, practice because it really, it kind of comes full circle mm -hmm. from the first to the fourth. Um, and the other thing I want to mention, which is not, well, I don't know how it's related, but that my practice is going well. It's going. Good. And thank you to you and others who have um, provided their experiences. Um, and also that were it not for COVID-19, I think I would have gotten to this place, but not this soon. It's very interesting. Yeah. It, it, it forced me to work yeah. on my, I choose this to work on my anxiety and to slow down. Right. Well, the, the, the sheltering and things that have come as a side note to a, an awful condition means we're basically in a forced retreat. Exactly. And it turned us in a way that is powerful if we use it that way. And some days it feels that way and some days it doesn't. Some days it just feels like a mess. But but there is that there, and we can sort of mine that vein of gold that's there among uh, all the other things. Oh, what, one other thing in that is that when I took your course last year, last summer at the Cape Cod Institute, you encouraged community in right. working on a practice. Well, I had a heck of a time finding one where I live. Oh, so yeah. the other thing that has helped this is that you went online. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the other thing. If you look, I, it was it look like 77, 78, 79 people here. Um, instead of just the people I would see in the room in Austin, now it's a larger community. So another odd kind of gift, if you want to call it that. It's yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. It's good Thank to see you. you again. Thank you. You too. Mm -hmm. Good, good evening, Lynn. It's still quite light this time of day in Northern England, huh? It is. It's uh, rainy, but there's no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, like yeah. it was light that way here today, too. But mm. you touched your chest. 
yeah 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 i'm just um my heart is very full at the moment i think uh, and uh, i just wanted to let you know uh that uh <laughs> all the things that you have said this evening have been what's passing through me this week uh. um and uh it was so good to be reminded of the uh the hawaiian forgiveness mm -hmm. process um because one of the things that i have been sitting with i suppose is um how do i both bear witness mm -hmm. and allow what is in me and what is in the world to mm -hmm. be met um and um where can i act from <laughs> i suppose that's right yeah what's the appropriate response in that way how can i act how can i make a difference yeah, yeah. that's the, the the question i i actually was going to talk about that quite a bit maybe i will next week because that's come up so much recently mm. i was watching a bit of a news feed like so many of us do these days to kind of see what's happening and one moment that was highlighted was um, a police chief who happened to be Hispanic, but meeting some African-American protesters. And I paid particular attention to it, partly because it was, was a nice interaction, but also because the police chief was the police chief of Houston, Texas, Art Acevedo, who used to be the police chief in Austin when we lived there. Yeah. And so I was, someone I recognized, and the, he turned to the, uh, the black faces and bodies and people on the street and said, what do you want? He took off his helmet and they said, walk with us, mm -hmm. listen to us and just walk with us, yeah. uh, which he did. And so just in that moment, there was the enactment of, I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you, thank you very much. Um, but they didn't say fix something, do something, they said listen and walk with us. And I thought that was quite beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he took, off, he took off his yeah. semblance of power or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. and it feels for me you know um one of the things i think that i'm sitting with particularly with the uh the racist part of things is that um i think for the first time it's really hit me that you know i am a grandparent um and my daughter is adopted and her grandfather was came from Jamaica mm -hmm. so there, there's something about um, that feels so personal mm -hmm. to think of how she might have been treated or might be treated um, mm -hmm. and has yeah mm -hmm. just really <laughs> brings so much for me I think but. Even though I don't have children, um, 
at least not biological children. <laughs> I think for the young people, um, what will they inherit? What, what will they meet and how can we, what can we do to, to make a, a, a tiny bit more of a world that we'd hope they would be in? Is it so easy to think of not wanting them to be in a world that we see sometimes? That's, so that's a, it's a tricky one. And just keeping offering. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm... We just keep coming back to confession, <laughs> repentance, practice, yeah. generosity, offering. Keeping Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. It's wonderful to see you. It's lovely to see you. Thank you. Eileen. Hi, Flint. Oh. Um, it's been an emotional, this uh, inquiry has just been a very emotional one for me. Um, I guess my, you know, I too have thought, um, particularly for a while, that I don't, I don't feel like I'm racist, but the more that there is talk about this matter, it causes you to want to turn, you know, to, to turn, to return. Uh, and so I've been, there's been a lot of talk now about this new book, My Grandmother's Hands, and the possibility of some kind of study to learn, to find out. Mm -hmm. And, um, Part of me is going, oh, yes, there's an answer. I'm all excited about that, but, but I'm having a feeling that that may or may not be true. But I guess my concern is that um, I am both afraid and fearful that I will look and I still will not see my delusions. Mm -hmm. That's true. <sighs> you... you I've known you long enough and walked alongside you in practice long enough to know that you have a commitment to seeing through your delusions as best you can. And you have a commitment to generosity and helping others along the path with you. Uh, and I think that you probably see me attempting to do the same. I do. And it will always be partial. We'll keep doing it. And it will be beneficial and it will be helpful and it will never be perfected. So it's enough to look even if I do not see? It's, it's really good to look because you will see. And there, that doesn't mean there might not be some blind spots or some dim areas. But pay attention to what you will see. You will see instead of lamenting the fact that there's some place you might not and therefore... <laughs> because that the energy of saying oh i can see more i i appreciate it. i feel so grateful that i have a little more clarity that gives you the energy to continue to look in the dim areas that you might not see but it's a lifelong process okay yeah well, otherwise all you're thinking of is what i missed 
and then you do miss almost everything else because that's all you're focusing on. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And I think that I'm going to not make the assumption that all the other times throughout my life that I've tried to see and I failed, mm -hmm. there's no reason to think that that's necessarily going to happen this time. Not the same way, mate. No. And each, if you now see that you didn't see, is however you know what you just said, that means you did see eventually. Okay. It, it's, a, it's an unfolding and unfolding and unfolding over time. And it goes better when we're with others because they help us. It goes better when we're helping others because it's amazing how more, much more you see when you're looking alongside someone else and trying to help them, not just looking at yourself. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Be gentle. I will. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's as we're switching, I'll say, you know, you can even turn towards parts of you. This is essentially what Eileen and I were talking about, a part that may have been uh, diluted, caused yourself pain, something you have some shame or anguish about. And uh, use the four phrases from the Ho'oponopono with that part. I'm sorry, forgive me, I love you. Thank you very much, I'm grateful. Am I on here? I can I hear you, Janie. I don't see you yet, but oh, there yeah. you are. <laughs> um, you made it. <laughs> I just had a something that might other people might relate to that I thought I would huh? bring up. Um, I just moved to New Mexico, and yep. I had a, a friend here who I was good friends with her in the '80s, and we reconnected. And she was always a she's a very spiritual person. She recently became more Catholic. And, um, and she was always very caring, kind of liberal and everything. And we had, uh, and she's recently been posting um, all sorts of stuff about the far left instead of being compassionate towards what's going on, you know, in the, um, Af the African-American community and, and one after the other. And I'm totally baffled by why she's doing this. Mm -hmm. And I felt like almost, I talked, to, we had a we had a text message discussion about it, and I felt like I was almost going to lose her as a friend. And then somehow we evened it out. Now she's back to putting up these things, and she's terrified of the far left and and not focusing anymore on um, like I don't know moderation or just being a compassionate. I just don't understand, and I don't know how to address the. Um, I don't know how to talk about that with her without losing the friendship I get pretty angry and um, I'm going to visit her sometime soon I didn't want to like blow it and I'm yeah. sure other people have situations like that yeah mm -hmm. when I find myself in situations like that where I'm really curious about something that seems off or painful and there doesn't seem to be some sort of resolution it continues as you said much of what you just said my strategy would be to say to her, which is, I'm so dismayed, I don't know what to do. 
obvious. And you, you, you said the reason she's really frightened. And you can say, I know that you're really frightened. You, you wouldn't be doing this if you weren't frightened. I, I get that. Is there some way in which I can be supportive of you? I don't feel like I can join you. That doesn't seem like me. And that makes a gap between us. But is there a way we can bridge that? Is there a way I can help you feel more at ease? And just say, I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I, don't, I would hate to lose our friendship because of your fear. Because talking to her about the content is not going to go anywhere. The content of the situations, that, that doesn't go anywhere. But talking about the process of what's happening between the two of you. I care about you. I can feel this gap. Can we bridge it? Or is there some way? And I know it's about your fear. I understand that. You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing something out of your fear. But I, do, I probably won't join you there. And that gap may get larger. I don't know. I, I wish that wouldn't be the case. Is this making some sense the way I'm saying it? Yeah, yeah. I just, the first time I tried to talk to her about it, we, we focused on content and it didn't go very well. Yeah, that doesn't go very well because <laughs> that's the stuff she's arguing about. And actually it will never resolve her fear. Yeah. Because she's reinforcing the, the bad images in her head. Yeah. 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 I was just trying to figure out a way how to talk to her when I see her next week. Right, including, including saying, I really care about you and I don't know how to talk to you. Just say that. Yeah. So it brings, it brings it back to the present moment in the relationship, not the content. It's like if there's a bunch of bricks piled up between the two of you, sometimes you have to look over them and say, you know, hi there, we're both here. I know there's stuff in between us, but I can still see you. I still care about you. How can we connect? But if you just talk about the bricks, it's like, why did you put the bricks there? I hate the bricks. I didn't, yeah. Didn't do anything. Where did you move from? Austin. That's how. That's right. I, I was so. going to Apamada. Yeah. And where did you move in New Mexico? Santa Fe. In Santa Fe. Yeah. Good. I just like to have these things in my head for some reason. <laughs> well, yeah. thank, thank you for coming on because the question that you're asking and the dilemma that you're facing is one that's quite common, as, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. These days. Yeah. And I hope it goes well. Thank you. Yeah. In the meantime, before you see her, you know, do loving kindness practice for her and see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Oh my goodness, we have the esteemed teacher, Peg Cyrus. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hi. I, um, I think this is really important conversation. Mm -hmm. I think um, many of the people that I talk to anyway are feeling the weight of this collective karma. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're, all, they're asking the question, what should I do? Um, and part of what I think is helpful is the next two parts of that service. The next part, which is feeling the weight of that personal and collective karma. We take refuge in the take Buddha. Refuge. Yeah. And we take refuge individually and collectively. Mm -hmm. 
within all being, mm-hmm. uh, the same way as uh, with the ancient twisted karma. And then we take vows mm-hmm. and prepared by having taken refuge in that way, we're a little fortified. And then there's our vow. Mm-hmm. And that's out into the world with this aspiration mm-hmm. for whatever small way that we can reduce suffering. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost like you could ask yourself this question is what I am thinking and doing and acting and uh, speaking about making the suffering less or making the suffering greater. Exactly. That's the basic That's the criterion, thing. isn't it? We walk through the world with, if we have that vow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's why I think the service is such a nice way to move through all of that. First, that avowal, and then, oh, what do I do? What can I, you know, mm-hmm. I can start to carry all of this. And, and then, uh, oh, okay. So there's something much larger that's holding me. Mm-hmm. This vast Buddha heart and mind, these deep teachings that are so profound, and the Sangha, you know, the reflections. Right. Our personality is not nearly enough. That's right. Small and diluted, usually. Yeah, and unable to see beyond what its limits are. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think, um, I hope people will find that um, uh, sequence mm-hmm. useful because then you turn towards the world and you're nourished and, um, and prepared uh, in a exactly. way. I love the way that the service and even the larger um, theories of our chants and verses create, you know, I've called it the practice path, like steps. Yes. Yeah. The Han brings us in like, oh, I've got to practice. Then we, then we look at ourselves. Yeah. Uh, make confession. Then we take refuge because that's not reliable. I'm going to have to, then we have vows that we, we take and we have practices that we do, which is what we're going to chant at the end. Right. The four practice principles. And, um, and we have to embody it, which is the robe chant. And which is the path laid down in walking. That's right. And then take, take the, the vows of a bodhisattva, knowing, like Eileen talked about, that it'll be partial, but we'll do our best. Well, and you, as you pointed out, it's so incredibly important to recognize I'm not doing this alone. Yeah, that's going to be, <laughs> you're going to end up in despair if you do that. There's so many people who have been galvanized by the requirement to step forward and provide the good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing this together. This is a response to recognizing something, and that's the repentance part, all our yeah. karma. Uh, but I, but I think we have to recognize this isn't all up to me. I have my piece of it. I'm going to do what good I can do. But it's a piece. Yeah, yeah. It's what I think. It's why I have those uh, ridiculously extravagant fantasies of people in the street. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you truncated the service and if everybody just said, oh my goodness, look what we've done. Yeah. And then, and they, then they said, okay, let's rest in the basic goodness that's available to us then turn toward each other and, and, and see if we can help somebody. Uh, that would be a truncation that we could do of the in, entire service and take a vow to make that our life's direction. Yeah, but I think the repentance part is so important. And I used to think, oh, this is so bleak, you know. Um, but I think uh, really to, to fully see, I mean, this is right view, to fully see. Yeah. I have in my stupidity and in my clumsiness and in my greed and in my hostility created harm in the world. I have hurt people. Yeah. Um, I acknowledge that. 
-hmm. because there's no way forward until that's acknowledged. That's right. That's right. I heard Norman Fisher one time say, you know, people come to a Zen center and they want to learn to meditate and then suddenly there's this service and then they're suddenly chanting all my ancient music. They're like, wait a minute. I didn't stop <laughs> <about> this <laughs> because it's so, it's so potent actually yeah. to realize that the, the request is to look deeply here, look deeply here, look deeply everywhere. And just without any kind of, um, thinking you're a bad person at all, because you're going to take refuge in Buddha and Dharma, just to say, I, this is it. I, I did do this. I am this. I have brought this. I am part of this. Yeah. That's a huge and, thing. And, and the uh, collective version of it is to recognize, oh, there's no special saintly place to stand outside of it. Like you're not going to find a, you know, pure place where you can be holy. Uh, right. You are implicated in all of it. That's right. And that's how, that's some of the conversations that we're having about systemic racism right now. There, there isn't anyone outside of it. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. having this conversation. It's always good to teach alongside you. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe have time for just one small connection. We have a couple of minutes. Hi there. Hi. You always have a you always have a number. It looks like you're a prisoner or something instead of a name on there. Do you see my face? Yes, I'm just teasing you about the number. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get this stuff. I just punch a button that I'm told I uh, do that. <laughs> anyway, to me today, the whole Pono Pono was uh, very touching. Mm -hmm. Seemed to encompass a whole lot about what we're doing. And it seems like my practice is changing a little bit now and it isn't making me comfortable i'm i'm just feeling you know very edgy and should i be there and you know yeah. just all those things just start flying through yeah <laughs> the truth will the truth will set you free but first it will make you miserable <laughs> it's just doing a nice little job of that <laughs> but th this business of you know, just very simply saying, I'm sorry, and going through that. Mm -hmm. You can say that to the parts of yourself. It doesn't have to right. be to anybody else. Exactly. Those, exactly. those little parts that come up and become monstrous because you realize what a jackass you were, I was. Yeah, and you start uh, identifying with those parts and let them drive the bus, and that's kind of a problem. And they push you right over mm -hmm. and crowd you out a bit, but I'm working on them. And thank you for today. That was, it's going to well, help me work on them. Since it's about time for us to stop, why don't you and I do it together? I'll say it to you and then you just say it back to me. So you don't even have to remember the phrases. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. 
please forgive me. I love you. I love you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I'm so grateful. And you, when we enact it together, you can really feel it. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I can feel it coming in and going out. And just like we were speaking earlier, Jenny, it does, we didn't say anything about content. That's right. But we're reestablishing this connection of confession, repentance, refuge, vow, all the things that Peg and I are talking about just in those four phrases. So it's altogether, I think, a pretty good practice. I, I would agree. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you and very much. Way, you know, earlier when Lynn came on from Northern England, mm -hmm. you're the two people in the two songs I've always wanted to introduce because you remind me of each other and you're the same size. Oh, really? Yeah, Perfect. I always think of you as my <laughs> dharma, two sisters in two different sanghas that are similar. So I always wanted you to meet. <laughs> well, I, I hope you do. Yes. Thank you. Uh, just to be respectful of our time, uh, let's um, recite the four practice principles just one time uh, this time, since it's embodied in everything else we've done. Remember, caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. I mean, Jessica may have another word. Thank you so much, Flint, and thank you, everyone, for your generosity. I am going to put on the chat panel um, a couple of links for you. Um, first of all, just a reminder that um, these inquiries are recorded, um, and you can access them through our YouTube channel, which you can find on the Appamata website. And then also the chant book uh, that Flint referenced, I just wanted to go ahead and give you the link. It's also on the Appamata website under the study link. And then if you'd like to make a contribution to Flint or to Appamata in general, um, there are a few different links, but there's a contribution page. So we have a lot on our website. Hopefully um, that's helpful for you to find a way to, to contribute and to continue to be a part of the community. So thank you all so much for, for being here today and hopefully uh, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>